From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. I don't know what kind of books were read to you when you were a child. I got a lot of Cinderella. And honestly, I really wanted to be one of the mice. Right, because they have that cute little hole-in-the-wall home, and inside of it, there's like a matchbox bed and little cotton balls for pillows and a spool of thread as a kitchen table. I loved it. Little did I know I was preparing myself for living in a New York apartment. (laughs) Our VIP is a breath of fresh air as a children's book author. His books are funny, irreverent, and appeal both to parents and their kids. And no, the pigeon did not make me say that. Our VIP is author Mo Willens. And our first game is called Pick Up Lines Throughout History. And here are our first two contestants, David Allen and Mark Lee. So you're both smart. You both have worked in government positions at some point or for the government. Uh, You both have traveled. David, what is the ideal pickup line that would work on you? Are you that contestant from Ask Me Another? (laughs) That's lovely. Well done. Well played. Thank you. I think you'll make it to the final round. All right. All right. (laughs) How about you, Mark? Well, I'm a huge fan of the Terminator movies, so what really (laughs) gets to me is, come with me if you want to love. I want to go home with you right now. That's amazing. Relationship material. That's great. All right, forget the game. Let's keep going. In this game, we're going to give you a few pickup lines that we like to think famous historical figures used, and all you have to do is identify who you think could have delivered that line. Uh, And here to help me is the man who does not need a pickup line because he plays guitar. Mm -hmm. Our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton. Hello, ladies. So here's an example pickup line. Is it hot in here, or is it just you? Because you are hotter than Fahrenheit 451, the novel that I wrote. <laughs> that would be a probably not very successful pickup line used by author Ray Bradbury. I think it would work. Yeah, well, depends. Think, yeah, at a Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> so ring in when you know the answer, and the winner will, of course, move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. I can read you like a book, but I'll need to use my fingers. No, 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 don't worry. I invented an alphabet to help blind people read and write. Mark. Louis Braille. Yes, Louis Braille. (laughs) Got Louis all hands. (laughs) (laughs) He has to be. He has to be. You look like a girl who can hold her whiskey. Can I interest you in a Tennessee spirit from the oldest registered distillery in America? Named after yours truly? David. Jack Daniels. Jack Daniel, that's right. Want to go out tonight? Before you shoot me down, you should know that my own shotgun skills inspired an Irving Berlin musical. David. Uh, I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mark, can you steal? Uh, Annie, get your gun. I'm going to go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. What do you think about that, John? 
Not good enough, I'm afraid. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, because you like the musical, but uh, not. We were looking for Annie Oakley. Yeah. She's pissed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> she has a gun. Yeah, that's right. Watch out. <laughs> hey, baby. That's, not, that's just the start of the pickup line. <laughs> Watching you on the dance floor has made me think that maybe you could use some fries with that shake. I turned McDonald's into a nationwide restaurant chain, so I've got plenty of fries and shakes. Mark. Ray Kroc. That's right. Yay! Better than 99 million served, baby. <laughs> Check out the dollar menu. I'm not loving it. Why don't we take this to my bedroom? Actually, you're standing in it. That's right, darling. That bookshelf transforms into my patented bed. David. Murphy? <laughs> Puzzle guru John Chinesky? Yes, William L. Murphy. Right. Very good, David. Is it a bed? Is it a trap? <laughs> Can it be both? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Do you have a mirror in your pocket? Because I can see myself in your pants using NASA's first major space telescope, which was named after me. Mark. Hubble. Hubble, yes. Edwin Hubble. That's right. And this is your last question. Are you Jamaican? Because Jamaican me crazy. I'm the reggae superstar who sang No Woman, No Cry. David. Bob Marley. Bob Marley is correct. Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. How did our contestants do? We have a tie. We have a tie. And that means we go to a tiebreaker. Here's your tiebreaker. Do you come here often? I was the first one here. If by here you mean the moon, David. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong is correct. Congratulations, David. Well done. We'll see you again at our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Say hello to our next contestants, Emanuela Martin Carrillas and Steph Cronenberg. Steph, you do many things, including making your own furniture? Well, I'm going to refinish a piece of furniture. Oh, okay. But I'm not making it from scratch. You're not making it from scratch, but you're, you're a refinisher. I'm going to try. You're going to try. Oh, this is a new I, hobby. I, I saw some stuff on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Emmanuel is visiting us from Philadelphia. She works at a bowling alley. It's pretty cool, right, Steph? Yeah. Do you bowl as well, I guess? Yeah, I'm on the team in the league. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. What's your style? I don't know really how to ask this because I don't know how it works. But goofy. It... Goofy, goofy. <laughs> How's your team doing? We're sixth place out of eight. <laughs> I think it's going to get better. Have you ever played Fruit Ninja? I've never played it, but I've heard of it. All right, how about you, Steph? Ever played Fruit Ninja? I have no idea what that is. All right, well, <laughs> if you're a fan of Fruit Ninja, this game is for you. <laughs> so not for me. <laughs> if you're not, it's going to be just fine because it's called Produce Samurai. <laughs> Each clue will include the name of something you might find in a supermarket produce aisle. Could be a fruit, a vegetable, or an herb. And what you have to do is chop the word in two pieces 
And then you're going to stuff some letters in the middle, and you're going to use that to create a new common two-word phrase. Ready? Ready. Now, let's Ready. get an example. That sounds impossible. Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. A cherry whizzes by, and after slicing it in two, you find one of rock and roll's legends standing before you. That would be Chuck Berry. The ch is in Chuck, and the airy is at the end of Berry. That's how it works. This game is going to play long. <laughs> but it's okay. You can talk it out. So remember, the front end of the original word will be the beginning of the first word, and then the back end completes the second word. How's it going? Sweaty. Sweaty? <laughs> Shwack. You cut a pear into two and almost die of acute overload when you see that it's now this animal native to China. Steph. Panda? Bear? Yes! <laughs> a melon flies apart before your sword, replaced by this lethal weapon actor. <laughs> Steph. Mel Gibson? Yeah! <laughs> After your sword comes down on some nice green kale, in its place is this black and white seafaring sister of Shamu. Emanuela. Killer whale? Yeah, killer whale! <laughs> After splitting some dill, Clean into two, out comes this Canadian jazz pianist and singer who married Elvis Costello in 2003. Yep, silence. <laughs> Elvis Costello, jazz piano player, Canadian, you don't care. <laughs> All right, puzzle guru John Chinesky, can you give them a hint? The D-I begins the first name, and the L-L ends the last name. That's a great That's a, hint. about as much as I can go. Diane Bell? Ooh, oh, close. Okay, close. it's Diana Krall. But good try. A peach flies by, you swing down and find yourself in a southeastern Florida beachside town. Peach. Yes, Pebble Beach. Ooh, interesting. No, I'm afraid that's incorrect. Oh, says John Chinesky, puzzle guru, <laughs> N.O. Steph. Palm Beach? Palm Beach is what we were looking for. Nice. Only nine more. Here we go. <laughs> you split apart a date, and you get this actor who starred as Deputy Sheriff Dewey Riley in the Scream movies. Yeah, this is what we call a deep cut. David Arquette. Emanuela got it. David Arquette. <laughs> And this is your last clue. Chop, chop, you swing at a fig and you get a way of greeting someone favored by boxers and President Obama that spreads a lot fewer germs than shaking hands. Emanuela. Fist bump. Fist bumping. Fist bumping, yes. yes, that is correct. Nice job, both of you. Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. How did our contestants do? We have another tie. What? Oh my. Here's your tiebreaker. With a flourish, you cleave some beans and find yourself with a pair of denim pants. Steph. Blue jeans? Blue jeans is right. Congratulations. 
Stephanie, we'll see you in our final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll talk to our VIP author, Mo Willems, about the secret to making children's books that even adults want to read again and again. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Just a quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Casper. They are an online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam to give just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can check out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and returns. It's outrageous comfort at a polite price. So go to casper.com slash another to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code ANOTHER to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. If you love our show, you will totally love NPR's Planet Money. It is full of funny, insightful stories about how the world works, like the last euro in Greece, and what goes into building the song of the summer. Plus useful stuff like how to steal a million barrels of oil. Oh, finally. Find Planet Money now at npr.org slash podcasts and on your NPR One app. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, and let's welcome our very important puzzler, author of Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus, and the Elephant and Piggy series, plus so much more, it's Mo Willems. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. So nice to have you. Someone was yelling out Knuffle Bunny. That is the right pronunciation, is that right? Well, it all depends okay. on how you pronounce it. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> I say Knuffle um, because I'm right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a Dutch word that means hug or snuggle, and it's pronounced Knuffle. Oh, yeah. But I misspelled it. Um, I am, uh, I'm half Dutch. Are you really? Yes. Which half? Uh, my mother. Oh, fabulous. From Nijmegen. From Nijmegen. Yeah. My father's from Nijmegen. No way! Yeah. My father's from Nijmegen. Nijmegen's not very big. If, no, that's why people leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know the Dutch phrase, I'm probably pronouncing it terribly, but I love it, my mother has used this on me, uh, klap van der molen? Poo-poo in your m- mill? <laughs> or else you're pronouncing it very poorly. Okay, so klop, it's a hit... Klop, no, klop. klop, yeah, okay. Hit by the windmill. Yeah. And it's just describe someone who's just dumb. Right. Yeah. But they've been Clubs hit the by the way. Okay, We have other things in common. You used to do stand-up. Yes, which I started in high school. Oh, no uh, Because I, I knew that a, a stand-up club was the only place that I could go and know that people wouldn't laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. That is so, so I true. started in high school, and then I, I moved to London, then I moved to New York, and um, I did it for a little while. What was your act like? Uh, bad. It was... It was <laughs> I, I was in a duo for a long time, okay. um, not unlike Elephant and Piggy, and um, 
uh, we would do things like a sketch about the guy who announces the subway trains coming home and his wife is the lady who announces the stuff at the airports. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I love like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, really yeah. that's why I write books. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. So what is the secret to writing kids' books that also appeal to adults? How do you balance those two audiences? I don't, I don't see them as two audiences. I see them as one. I think the difference between adults and kids are that kids are shorter. They're not stupider. <laughs> you know? So I am writing for people who have not learned how to be embarrassed yet. Right? Because embarrassment is a learned Shame. behavior. Right. Pre-shame. And, wow. and, you know, teenagers, millions of teenagers are dying of embarrassment every day. It's... Uh, <laughs> pretty good. But adults, adults, parents, when they start reading to their kids, they get to not be embarrassed anymore. It's an opportunity to be silly and to have fun. But I'm, I'm being a philosopher. I think that the age of five is the most philosophical age you can be. You're, you're useless. <laughs> you're not paying rent. You're not paying rent. You're, but you're asking questions like, why are people mean? Uh, what is death? Can I drive a bus? You know, these... <laughs> the core Greek fundamental <laughs> existential questions. So every book to me, honestly, is a question I don't know the answer to. I figure if it's a good question, it's, then it's a universal question. Yeah. I don't want my books to be read necessarily. I want them to be played. The idea is that you're engendering creativity because reading is great, but it is ultimately a form of consumption. What I want is after I read the book for a kid to say like, I got an idea, you know, and they come and don't let the pigeon operate the catapult. Don't let the pigeon audit my neighbor. You know, like these <laughs> like really great books. And then they go out and they infringe on my copyright and they make their own stories. And, and, that's awesome. And that's, that is, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to engender. <laughs> it is like a game. It, it is, is like a game. You're creating a game. Uh, incredible. I am so psyched to have you not only play a game on our show, but you are going to help us with a game right now. Excellent. Mo Willems, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And our next contestant is on the line. Hi, you're on Ask Me Another. Hi, this is Matt Schneider in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hello, Matt. Matt, you work in a uh, elementary school as a... As a school librarian. I teach kids. School librarian. As a librarian. Well, thank you for what you do. That's awesome. This is Mo Willems. Are you familiar with Mo's, uh, all of his books? But not all of them. There's too many, but... Uh, uh, nice. I good favorites. answer. What is one of your favorites? Uh, Naked Mole Rat Gets Dressed. Absolute favorite. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we love uh, all of the books, but we are going to talk about the Elephant and Piggy books, all 28 million of them. <laughs> we love them because they have such enthusiastic titles. And Matt, you're going to play a very special VIP round of an Ask Me Another classic called This, That, or The Other. Today's categories are Elephant and Piggy book titles, famous lines from Seinfeld, <laughs> or just something... We made up. <laughs> Mo is going to read you some sentences, and you have to tell us, is it an elephant and piggy title, a Seinfeld line, or did we just make it up? Okay? Okay. All right, good luck. Take it away, Mo. Here's number one. Stop jumping on my bed! <laughs> um, I think that sounds like uh, it could be a Seinfeld line. I'm not as good at Seinfeld as I should be, but I'm going to say Seinfeld. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's okay. I'm glad you said Seinfeld. Uh, it's fake. We made it up. I know that oh. you were basically saying it's not an elephant and piggy book, but it sounds, the way Mo delivered it, sounded impressive and kind of like George, George Costanza oh, freaking thank out. You, thank you I thought much. that could be like a reason why some relationship didn't work out. Because <laughs> they were jumping elephant on the Elephant and piggy are just friends. <laughs> Let's try the next one. Can you spare a square? <laughs> okay, I know this one. Uh, it is a Seinfeld line. Yes, exactly. Well done. Infinous. Doing great. Okay. We are in a book. Definitely an elephant and piggy, my favorite. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. That is your favorite? Why is it your favorite, Matt? It's meta. It's like you said, it's an experience, right? Because they're in a book. It's crazy. So, and, and you just blew my mind. That's right. And this is a uh, rumination on endings and beginnings, or yes, I mean, it's it's my kitty death book. <laughs> I was gonna let you say it. Okay. Actually, it is a lot about being in a book and the text and understanding and all that stuff, but it is also about endings. I feel that we're very afraid of ending stuff. You know, I did uh, three Knuffle Bunny books, and people were like, well, why does it have to end? Because things end. <laughs> yes. That's right. No, I am totally with you. All right, here's our last one. Listen to my trumpet. That is Elephant and Piggy. You did great. You won. So we are sending you a limited edition Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. And Mo, we will see you later for your own challenge. Thank you very much to Matt. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you to Mo Willems, everybody. If you spend your days on the couch watching Seinfeld reruns, guess what? You can be a phone contestant on our show. Just hit the mute button and email us at askmeanother at npr.org and we'll send you a contestant quiz. For a game titled, We'll Get Together Then, let's welcome Adam Greenman and Jill Carliner. I said it's sad like that, we'll get together then, because that is a line from the classic Harry Chapin song, Cats in the Cradle. You guys familiar with that song? Yep. Okay, Jill, you're a child psychologist, right? I am. Why does everyone cry when they hear that song? <laughs> um, I think it just tears at our heart about regret, about, you know, we don't stop to appreciate what's really important, yeah. which is our families and our children. Time just goes by too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. What do we do about that? Yeah. I'm crying now. Crying now. <laughs> I brought the house down. <laughs> That's good. No. Adam, what's your favorite song to sing your kids? Uh, usually uh, death metal. <laughs> no, yeah. lately we've been doing uh, Frozen. Lots and lots of oh, too yeah. much Frozen. Yeah. You got a couple boys, huh? Uh, a couple girls. A couple uh -huh. girls. That makes perfect sense. Jonathan, does the Cats in the Cradle song make you cry? Uh, it does. It's actually, my, my, uh, my dad, when I was a kid, used to sing it to me every time I refused to do something with him. <laughs> but seriously, there is no better way to describe the joy of being a parent than to rewrite the lyrics of a song about a neglected boy 
who gets passive-aggressive revenge on his father. So we have rewritten the lyrics to Cats in the Cradle to be about some traditional childhood games. Just ring in and tell us which ones I am singing about. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. I think so. The game arrived just the other day. We put up the picture and we started to play. He's a working mammal who likes to bray. I spun around in a blind ballet. Was holding in my hand a piece of him. I'm trying to put it where it goes. Yeah, I'm trying to put it where it goes. Adam. Pin the tail on the donkey? That's right. It's like that donkey's being dragged to the slaughterhouse in this version. A lot of these games sound less fun when you, when you describe them along with the melody to this song. Well, we stood in a group and we faced ahead. She told us we should do whatever she said. Follow all the orders or you'll lose the game. But only if she says that name, yeah. Only if she says that name. Adam. Mother, may I? No, I'm afraid that's wrong. Not what we're looking for. Jill, do you know what it is? Simon Says. Simon Says is the answer. That's right. Great regret, I leave my seat The music starts and I find my feet A giant circle, we walk around Until the moment when we all sit down Then the silence falls and it's plain to see There's no seat here for me Yeah, they didn't save a seat for me Oh my Adam, <laughs> musical chairs Yeah, that's the one I'm going to listen to this episode right before I kill myself. <laughs> I grabbed some chalk so I could create A bunch of squares numbered one through eight Round on top, it sure looked great I threw a rock and it landed straight As I hopped through I thought the game was mine Then I slipped and touched a line, yeah. I can't believe I touched that line. Adam. Hopscotch. Hopscotch is correct. <laughs> All right, this is, your la- this is your last clue here. And we're sitting in a circle and we wait our turn. One of us is next for the waterfowl burn. You're calling me a gander, but I don't know when. I'm gonna chase you then, yeah. You know I'm gonna chase you then. Jill. Duck, duck, goose. That is correct. <laughs> John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Adam. You're moving on to the final round. Way to go. Say hello to our next contestants, Andrew Rabin and Imani Denson-Pittman. Imani, you're a theater guy. Yes. Do some stage managing? Yes. When you want to sit down and relax and pull out your favorite magazine, what do you choose? Oh, probably Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly? Good. I have yeah. it in my bag. You have it in your bag right now? Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, so you're in theater. Entertainment makes perfect sense. Andrew, you're a lawyer. Wait a second. Who defends those who are suing the police? 
Yeah, that's right. Wow. For wrongful arrest. So hopefully none of the police officers are listening right now. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure NPR, nope. <laughs> um, what is your periodical of choice? I, I'm going to say Sports Illustrated, and I read a lot of Sports Illustrated, but I've read a whole lot of people also. I like that. I thought you were like going to go high bro, low bar, and you went medium, medium. <laughs> That's good. Okay, this round is called Off the Rack, and uh, it says that Jonathan Colton wrote this game. Is this really extra well, credit here? I, listen, Ophira, yeah. you know how I work, right? I'm more of an ideas guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not always great with the follow through. And here's what happened is I did have an idea for this game. Yeah. And I, I took it to Art Chung. And Art was like, yeah, you should write it up. And then I didn't for two years. <laughs> and then Art finished writing it. So really, it's a, it's a collaboration. <laughs> you, were the, uh, you were the creative inspiration. I was the creative inspiration. Here's my idea. Okay. And here's the game. This game is about magazine titles that have been changed by one letter so that they appeal to a more niche audience and tell a funny joke. All right, so you got that? Each answer is going to be a famous periodical with one letter changed. And you have to give us the new name. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. You say so. A magazine known for its swimsuit issue is now publishing hand-drawn images of pants that only go down to your knees. Imani. Skorts Illustrated. <laughs> Puzzle guru John Chinesky, what's your ruling? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sports here. Just your knees. See, we were going to go with Shorts Illustrated, but then you took it one step Sorry. further, <laughs> didn't you? I got to say, Squirts Illustrated is funnier. It's amazing. That should have been the answer. It is amazing. Would you like to write for the show, Amani? Just sure. <laughs> sure, yes. Actually, all you have to do is come up with an idea and walk away, and they take care of it. <laughs> All right, let's try this one. Let's try it. A fashion magazine edited by Anna Wintour is changing its mission, but it's really being ambiguous and nonspecific about what it is. Andrew. Vague? That's right. Comes out every once in a while. <laughs> This entertainment magazine used to shout out how celebs are just like common folks, but is now running pieces about soft-spoken people who lack confidence. <laughs> you guys don't read magazines, do you? <laughs> Puzzle guru John Chinesky, how about a hint? Uh, these are the kind of people who will inherit the earth. Imani. Us meekly? Us meekly, yes. A monthly general interest magazine that features life in these United States is doing a 180 and running condensed articles on the grim personification of death. Andrew. Reaper's Digest? That's right. They're finally talking to their demographic. <laughs> <laughs> This is your last question. A rock magazine founded by Jan Wenner now reviews a type of Cake pastry that's often served at tea with jam and clotted cream. Imani. Rolling scone. Yeah, that's right. 
Congratulations, Imani. You won that game. Nicely done. Earlier, we had to put children's book author Mo Willems in a timeout, but he's done now. So coming up, we're going to put him in the puzzle hot seat to see if he remembers about furry, happy monsters. Stay tuned. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. Hello, Ask Me and other listeners. You also want to check out NPR's Planet Money. It's a podcast that's full of funny, insightful stories about how the world actually works, like the last euro in Greece, and what really goes into building the song of the summer, plus useful things that you can use in your everyday life, like how exactly do you steal a million barrels of oil? Ugh. Find Planet Money now at npr.org slash podcasts or on your NPR One app. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle crew, John Chinesky. Coming up, we're going to talk to Mo Willens about all things Big Bird. But first, let's welcome our next two contestants. Say hello to Cynthia Sow and Lou Brothers. So this next round is called What's Your Number?, and here's my question to you, Lou, Cynthia. You're both smart, I can tell. You've got good names, solid names. But if you had to replace your name with a number that you would be called for the rest of your life, it could be a small number, a large number, this would just be your new name, this number. What number or numbers would you choose, Lou? 462. 462. Uh, and what's behind that? It rhymes with my real name. Yeah, right. I understand. You are the kind of person in the apocalypse that wants to be reminded of your human past. That's it. Got it. <laughs> Cynthia, how about you? It has to be pi. Pi. <laughs> Infinite. Never ending. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. In every way. Well done. You guys answered that question correctly, both of you. <laughs> This game is about people who have numbers in their names. We don't mean actual numerals. We mean that one of the syllables in their name sounds like a number. So we'll give you clues describing one of these people or characters, and you have to give me the name. And in honor of our VIP's work on Sesame Street, you have to answer in the manner of the Muppet Count Von Count. <laughs> For an example and a performance example, let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. If I said this grizzled actor won an Oscar for Marty in 1955 and was the original voice of Mermaid Man on SpongeBob SquarePants, you'd say, Ernest Borgnine, ah, ah, ah. Well done, well done, John. Thank you, Jonathan, thank you. So you get it, right? Terrible pun plus Muppet voice equals radio comedy gold. <laughs> And probably a Peabody. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right, here we go. The number in this actor's name is not one, even though he played Han Solo. 
Who played Han Solo? <laughs> Cynthia. Harrison Ford. Ah, 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 that is ah. correct. Good job, Pi. This singer is known for huge hits such as You Are the Sunshine of My Life and Superstition. Cynthia. Stevie Wonder. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the count lives within you, Cynthia. <laughs> Good. In 1953, Edmund Hillary and this Nepalese Sherpa <laughs> just now realizing this question is a bad idea <laughs> became the first men to climb to the top of Mount Everest. Oh, Lou. Yeah. Tenzig Norgay. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Well done. That's your wheelhouse, huh? <laughs> this is the information I know. That's great. That is good information. This is your last question. In 2012, a 3D likeness of this deceased rapper performed at Coachella with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Lou. Was it Tupac Shakur? It ah, sure ah, was. Ah. John Chinesky, how do our contestants do? We have a tie again. Yay! Oh, my. And here's your tiebreaker. This English novelist wrote Pride and Prejudice. Jane Austen. Very uh, good, uh, Cynthia. That's correct. And 3.1415, you are our winner. And move on to our Ask Me One More final round. Way to go. Please welcome back our very important puzzler, Mo Willems. Hi. Now, Mo, you started your career with Sesame Street in 1993. Wow, yeah. And then you worked there for almost a decade? Is that almost right? a decade, yeah. So initially applying for a job as a writer on Sesame Street, what, is that, what does that packet look like? Well, it was or tough, actually. What they wanted adult writers, so you, you handed in adult sketches. And then they figured it was easier to teach you how to write for children than to teach you how to be funny. So I got through the audition process, and the room had like 20 people, and then a week later it had 10, and I got, you know, a sort of subtraction bit. And, <laughs> and then I got to write a full script, and I went to my head writer's uh, office, and he had this big smile on his face, and he said, Mo, Mo, I really, I thought you had it in you. I thought you could have been no. a Sesame Street writer, but this script is Terrible, and he started telling me what was wrong with it. And I realized, as soon as he said it, I realized it. But scales were falling from my eyes, and I was so nervous. And he said, "Look, I'm sorry." And I left the office, and I slammed the door behind me because I was just upset, not realizing that he also was leaving the office. Until I heard, <laughs> and his head was in the door, and my hand was on the thing, and um, and I was 24, so I said. Never criticize my work again. <laughs> and then we, our next meeting we had on the phone. <laughs> there was another meeting, there though. There was, and he hired me because his brain was addled. All he could remember was that Mo guy. But he couldn't remember anything past that. Wow. So, 
So. I don't want anyone to learn a lesson from that story, right. but I love the story. That, so we we have a, I believe, a worthy opponent for you that you know, Andy Rash. I do know Welcome Andy, yeah. Andy Rash, everybody. <laughs> Illustrator, children's book author as well. Yeah, I am. And what is uh, the last or current book that, uh, children's book that you are working on? Well, the next thing I've got coming out is called Archie the Daredevil Penguin, but that won't be out until September 22nd. There's a lot of lead time in the children's <laughs> book world. Yeah. 2043. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you watch uh, Sesame Street growing up? I did. Because this is a quiz called Open Sesame. As you might guess, it's a quiz all about Sesame Street. Mo has an advantage? Maybe. We never know. The advantage is that uh, Elmo is just Spanish for the Mo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so ring in when you know the answer. You're going to be using your buzzers, my friends. Here we go. Sesame Street trivia. Let's find out what you know. We all know it ain't easy being green, but many people do not know that Oscar the Grouch was not originally green. What color was Oscar on the first season of Sesame Street? Andy. I believe he was orange. He was orange, yes. And he was changed because orange did not read on black and white screens. He didn't oh, match the background. Yes, of was he invisible? I thought they were like, oh, radioactive garbage. Yeah. But, uh, no, no. no. There were, there were, as a matter of fact, for many years, you could not mention the color of the characters because a lot of the televisions were black and white. And if you were talking about something that some people in the audience couldn't see, that, would, that just wouldn't be right. Look at what I'm learning. Wow. This is amazing. But this is good. Point for Andy and then background from Mo. This is a good game. <laughs> The composer Muppet known as Don Music was retired from Sesame Street when parents complained that children at home were imitating his trademark behavior. What did Don Music do when he got frustrated? Andy. Uh, he, he would yell, I'll never get it right, never, 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 and then he would bang his head <laughs> on the keyboard of the piano. Parents suck. I'm going to say that. <laughs> what frantic and excitable Muppet's real name is Bernie Liederkranz, which he changed to a much cheerier stage name? Andy. I believe that is game show host Guy Smiley. That is correct. Ah. But let's break this down. Bernie Liederkranz, and then they changed his name to... No, they're just saying Less Jewy. That is what they're saying there. <laughs> that sounds like a Muppet name, Less Jewy. Less <laughs> Jewy. <laughs> the legendary director and puppeteer Frank Oz played Sesame Street characters over the years, as well as Miss Piggy and, of course, Yoda. Which of these characters was not played by Frank Oz? Cookie Monster? Bert? Snuffleupagus or Grover? Andy. Was it Snuffleupagus? <laughs> yes! Oh. All right, this, uh, this last one is a musical clue. Yes. We have uh, changed the lyrics to a popular Sesame Street song. So just ring in and correct the lyrics. You ready? Miss Kentucky, you're the one. <laughs> you make pageants lots of fun. Miss Kentucky, I'm awfully fond of 
Miss Kentucky, I'm enjoying the blonde of <laughs> Miss Kentucky, I'm awfully fond of you. Mo? Rubber ducky. Rubber ducky is the answer. Yeah. All right, well, clearly you know everything about Sesame Street, Mo, and in this case, we brought up a great contestant for you because he did amazing at the quiz. Congratulations. You both are going home with an Ask Me Another Anagram t-shirt, so get ready to wear that. Let's hear it again for our VIP, Mo Willems. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from Pickup Lines in History, David Allen. From Produce Samurai, Steph Cronenberg. From We'll Get Together Then, Adam Greenman. From Off the Rack, Imani Denson Pittman. And from What's Your Number, Cynthia Sow. They're going to play our Ask Me one more final round, and our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, will let them know what's in store for them. For this final round, I'll be reading clues to movies that feature an animal in the title. For example, if I said Anthony Hopkins won an Oscar for playing Hannibal Lecter in this thriller, the answer would be The Silence of the Lambs. We're playing this spelling B style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. And the prize you'll be competing for is a Mo Willem swag bag with books, a game, and a foam pigeon you can wear on your hand. Here we go. David, the title of this Western comes from the name given to Kevin Costner by a Native American tribe. Three seconds. Uh, Silverado? Not Silverado, sorry. Step aside, David. Let's see if Steph knows it. Dances with Wolves? Dances with Wolves is correct. Sorry, say goodbye to David there. Adam, in this 1993 comedy, Bill Murray relives the same day over and over and over again. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is right. Way to go, Adam. Imani. Jackie Chan, Angelina Jolie, and Jack Black all contributed their voices to this DreamWorks animated film about a martial arts practicing bear. Kung Fu Panda. That's right. <laughs> Cynthia, the iconic final shot of this Charlton Heston sci-fi film is of the Statue of Liberty half buried on a beach. Escape from New York. Not Escape from New York. Step aside and let's see, Steph, do you know this one too? Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes is correct. We'll say goodbye to Cynthia. Adam, this Alfred Hitchcock classic was released in Spanish-speaking territories with the title Los Pajaros. Birds? The birds is correct. Imani, Samuel L. Jackson said he decided to star in this mid-air action flick based on its less-than-subtle title. Snakes on a Plane. That's correct. Steph. This time travel movie starring Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt was marketed with the slogan, The Future is History. Three seconds. Let's see if Adam knows it. Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys is right. Let's say goodbye to Steph. We are down to two players, Imani and Adam. Imani. A 2009 comedy starring George Clooney and Ewan McGregor based on an allegedly true story of the U.S. military's attempts to train personnel in paranormal abilities. Men Who Talk to Goats? The Man Who Talks to Goats? No, I can't take it. Adam, can you give me the right title? 
The men who played with goats? No. <laughs> That's a, a completely different film. It's on the top shelf. In the back. You want to go in the back for that one. It's not that no. good. It's not that good. It's the, it's the men who stare at goats. We are down to our tiebreaker question. The animated Disney musical that features the song Hakuna Matata. Imani. The Lion King. The Lion King is correct. Thank you, Adam, so much. Imani, you're asking me another grand champion, and you're going to get an amazing prize package from Mo Willens. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now Jolta Cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Greg DiCostanzo, Matt Foster, Karen Lurie, Jakey the Van Stratton, and Christine Walters. Ask Me Another's produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, Eleanor Kagan, Jess Miller, and our intern, Lauren Moon, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Kristen Moeller, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on NPR's Ask Me Another, can author Curtis Sittenfeld tell the difference between two classic novels, Pride and Prejudice and Fifty Shades of Grey? Is it Mr. Darcy or Christian Grey who memorably says, Laters, baby. (laughs) Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another, live from St. Louis, Missouri. Game on!